This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Welcome, everyone, to another episode, or is it a session? Is it a j- Who knows? It's another episode of Did You Get My Text? I am your co-host, Pat Oswald. I'm your other co-host, Meredith Salinger. We're so happy you guys came to hang out with us for 45 minutes to an hour. <laughs> uh, I hope you get a lot of laundry folded. I hope you get those dishes put well, away. I have a question. What? What, what is the general consensus of podcast listening? Because you... Have your little earbuds in when you're folding laundry. Yes. You, you, and which, Love is, it. which I know it's great for you, but for me, I'm like, Patton, and then I don't hear, and I have to scream and don't know where you are, and then I find you in the laundry room folding your things. It's and- very meditative to be in task mode, especially if I'm listening to something that I'm really fascinated with. And so if I'm doing dishes, putting dishes away, folding laundry, I love doing that. Well, I love having that. And especially <sighs> building Legos when you're, and, oh. you, and you just, binge a whole season of a podcast. I just, I've always been tethered to my phone, either holding it to my ear Mm -hmm. or with the headset that they give you and you're attached. But I finally got earbuds. Oh, they're the best. They're the best. And so I have these long conversations with my girlfriends because that's how girls are. Uh Uh-huh. And I just put my phone in my pocket and went about and did my business with my ear. I mean, I guess I didn't have to put my phone in my pocket. I could have left it how far is the range I, I i don't know it i i don't know but i've i have been doing things where i've walked out of range and it goes off right but so, i never really like measured how so far so i kept it. my phone in range but i i have a couple friends who just talk and talk and talk and oh. talk and you're you you feel bad being like wrap it up or i'm very i'm like a i'm in a i'm a little impatient uh-huh <laughs> and so sometimes i'm like get to the point well, why are you calling me get to the point get right. to the point but uh, with earbuds and a podcast, you can you just, can just kick back. I mean, again, the, there are some podcasts that are really, really uh, good for uh, driving. Well, driving, yes. Well, long, long drives, but also just absorbing it subliminally while you're doing some other task. It's the best, right? And I love it. That's if you're doing mundane tasks like Legos or folding or driving, where you don't have to use your brain. Exactly. Because if you're doing something where you have to use your brain, 
then it conflicts. It's, it's relaxing. For too me. many things yeah. at once in the brain. Well, I don't, if, I, if I have to engage my brain too much during the day, I need time to then switch off and not do anything. Right, and then you like to listen to a podcast oh, and do a puzzle. Do a crossword puzzle, read a book. Right. Oh, you could do a crossword puzzle and listen at the same time? Oh, I always do, yeah. But how do you do that? Because I'm fucking good. <laughs> um, you are good. You. What is the, What is your fastest time? First of all, you did the New York Times crossword puzzle 365 days straight without... What's your what's your thing that you just did? I did it with no help. Didn't get any, got them all perfectly no, done. No hints. No hints. I did one of the minis in 17 seconds. I That's, did one of the minis in uh, 17 seconds also. Oh, you did? I sent, did I not send you that? No. First I did 39 seconds. I thought seconds, I so sent you the 17 second one. Maybe I didn't do it in 17 seconds. I Maybe I, I did it in 39 seconds. Yeah. I think I sent you the 17 second one. Anyway, mini crossword puzzles are fun. They're very, very, it's, it's a nice little uh, palate cleanser after you finish a crossword. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a mouthful of sherbet. Thank you. Thank you, Will Shorts. Well, anyway, to all of you listening, and also I'd be curious, what are you guys doing right now? <laughs> really, are you folding laundry? <laughs> are you driving? What is your- I hope you're doing something useful that is also meditative and uh, helps calm you and gives you a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. Even if it's just reordering- your, uh, or you could be cooking. That's another one. Oh, yeah. People cook. Yeah, they do a lot of cooking. Yeah. So, yeah. We will never be, we will never give you a recipe uh, to follow while you uh, listen <laughs> to our podcast because neither of us cook. Although I have some good recipes because you want to know what I do? You've, you've, you've told me this, yeah. But go have ahead. I told them this? I don't know. So if I, I think I, actually you may have, but go ahead. Well, if ever I have a delicious dinner at a friend's house, mm-hmm. I always say, oh my gosh, this is delicious. Can I have the recipe? Mm -hmm. And then they give the recipe and then I take the recipe and I go, mom, will you make this for me? Go make that. (laughs) Or to my best friends, I'm like, can you make this for me? Yeah. Well, um, that's, or you could, you could, here's a segue. You could text it to them Uh and ask her to make it. Um, I texted you a little video uh, that Boston Dynamics put out a couple days ago. Uh, I don't know if you know what uh, Boston uh, Dynamics is. Tell the listeners. But it is a uh, robot uh, building and designing and um, conception company. They are at the uh, they are at the um, forefront, the vanguard, if you will, of of robotics. And um, I sent you a video. Uh, they do test to you know, like they want ro- they want like working robots. They want robots that go upstairs and robots that run and robots that fight. So um, they uh, did one of their gosh I've darn seen videos. Those, I've seen those robots and they also have like dog robots. Well, yes. they move like dogs. They have dog robots. This is a robot doing um, basically a parkour course. He, This robot is super nimble, um, super... Um, uh, like, like is doing, did I show you the video? Yeah. And you watched it. T- turn it around, let me just look right. at it again. Watch it again. But, but this I think- is like, so these are like, again, each each time Boston Dynamics puts out a new video showing you the stuff that their robots are Oh yeah, are able he's to showing do. me a robot jumping from table to table, going downstairs. Well, doing like American Ninja stuff. Oh yeah. It's- he can jump on angles, they can flip. Yeah, they it's can- like American Ninja Warrior, going yeah. upstairs, doing flips and that kind of thing. And he's, oh, he looks happy. He is jumping like a happy person. <laughs> he looks like he has, a- ooh, another one's coming. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, this guy's like doing like a little shimmy dance. That's right. He's got style. So these guys have like funk to them. 
No, they know what they're doing. They're funky dudes. And wait, wait, wait uh, for oh, their. Oh, now there's uh, two of them. Yeah, and then wait for their uh, the the climax here. They have a nice little. Uh, Is there a climax? Yeah, watch. They do something very cool well, at the end. I, oh, they're now they flip together and now they're synchronized. <laughs> <laughs> they're synchronized back flipping. Okay, exactly. So, so they're amazing. They're well, they're amazing. Now I have friends who can't do any of that stuff. N- well, I, <laughs> no one I know can do that. But um, I have friends that when they see those videos, they repost them like. This this thing will, um, it, I even reposted it going, is this the dance that it will be doing over the field of our corpses and skulls uh, when the robots take over? There are a lot of people that are genuinely, they see these videos and they get creeped out and they get freaked out by um, that what will happen if robots gain sentience. And But up until the point of them gaining sentience and turning on them, I don't, I, th- these people that, that complain about, oh, I will I will fight against, a robot future. It's like, no, you will not. You are, the people that I know that always say that are the laziest people on the planet. <laughs> and they always talk about how I will be, it's like, you're, it's not like you're chopping wood and building your own home now. I wonder if what they, a taser would do to like short their electricity. You'd have to get into the wires, I guess. You have to get into its guts. You couldn't just do it on its surface. Uh, anyway, I don't want to kill them. I like them. I think they're cool and they're probably made to be helpful. Listen, yeah, well, every, look, every technological advance is started to be helpful and then it falls into the wrong hands and it's used for evil. <laughs> well, also every, well, that's not true. Every technical, every technological advance has those factors to it. For instance, you can use an ax to chop wood and build a fire. You can also drop it and cut your foot off. You can also murder someone with it. Right. So there's, there's bad usage, there's accidents, and then there's its, its actual purpose. So, but with robots, it just, it always blows me away that my friends that are so against, I understand being against robots when they're replacing people's jobs. There's a lot of jobs that are being replaced by automation, but I'm talking about, there's a more general thing about uh, a fear among some of my friends who say that this, all of this technology, all of this research must be stopped lest I have to fight these robots in the future. Yeah, you don't have to and fight I'm those like, robots, Brian. Read your well, comic book. Read well your also, comic book in your nerd cave. A, you're not going to um, uh, fight those robots. And also, they're going to end up doing a lot of stuff that you'll be very happy that they're doing. When they Trust me, when they send the robot to your house that can wheel the garbage out to the curb, Oh, I want that you'll be robot. very happy with that robot. Look, I could be defeated by a robot that just rolls out um, uh, a beanbag chair. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just sit in that. I'd like a I'm, robot that carries a suitcase. Like through a, well, or w- wouldn't you like, I've seen prototypes of this. You know how like your suitcase has rollers and yeah. my suitcase rolls along? You wear like a little wristband. And it just follows And you. it has a signal and it just follows you like R2-D2 through the airport. Yeah, I'd like that. That'd be kind of cute. It's hard to carry suitcases. Yeah. Well, that's why I just wheel mine. Right, but then you have to lift it and put it in your trunk or something like that when you're going well, somewhere. I mean, at the very end, then you go, R2, I'm going to lift you up, put you in the trunk. Like, he's not going to- Well, what if he could, like, just make his legs go higher, plop himself into the trunk, and so then what, retract his legs? sprout spider legs yeah. and crawls yeah. into your trunk? Yes. That would be so unnerving. <laughs> Imagine you're at the airport, everyone's going into the parking lot, and then they get to their cars, and they, like, take three steps back as they're- Suitcases sprout like spider legs and they the, get themselves. I have oh, to say, goo. the only thing that really creeps me out is yeah. spider legs because spiders, because spiders, I don't like creepy crawl. I don't like the extra legs. I don't right. like the little crawly bits that well, go Well, then fast. how's it going to get into the trunk? I'm just saying in general, the thing that scares me is spiders. I don't like spiders. It's the one thing. Right. But I, again, like I can handle a snake. 
you know, I can handle a burglar in our backyard. I'll just <laughs> scare him to death with a pink baseball bat. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> realizing a lot of people that are against or talk about how I hate robots, they creep me out, are the same friends I knew growing up that, in other words, to look like they were badasses, they would say, I do not like cops, I hate cops. And you're like, <laughs> okay, first off, uh, you you don't hate cops, you don't love them, but you're not, a, you're not, you're not like ready to fight the cops. You are very happy to have the cops around. You are not someone that's gonna survive in a world of anarchy. You'd be the first one to go down under the mob. So be happy that there's cops right now. Don't do this badass thing of like, I don't like cops around me. Yeah, you do. Trust me. If your mixtape got stolen out of your knapsack, you'd go crying to the <laughs> out police. Out of your knapsack. They had, they had all of my songs on there. So but that's the new badass pose is to go, I don't like the way they're developing these robots. Like you do. I like it. it. I just know that at I some like point, it up to it's a gonna, point. At some point it will get uh, usurped for evil. Like everything there, or there will be an un, it will be an un- anticipated evil side to it you know or dangerous we, side that we didn't see. Hey, Patton, uh, you know what we do a lot? What? Speculate. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? I don't know. Especially nowadays, it's all you have to do is, well, I, I hope things get better. I know. I, you know like, because if, look, if, if all we did was deal with the with what's going on right now, this would be so depressing. But, so we have to go, maybe there'll be anti-gravity discs and everyone will get along in the future. Maybe there will. But if we deal with what's happening right now and just present right in front of you what you're doing in that split moment, Mm -hmm. maybe there wouldn't be so much worry because everybody's worry is about what ifs. What if tomorrow is, you know, concerning? And well, why do we, what if the bad and not what if the good? What if tomorrow I have the best day ever? But what if can also, you could turn it into an if only and make it a positive rather than a, well, what if this thing happened? If only this good thing would happen instead. And then you find out a way to make that happen. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. And we'll come back with more interesting speculations well, right you know after what? this. What if we don't come back, though? But we will. So we, we'll be right well, back. We don't know. Let's find out. Let You know what? Let's go into the future. Hey, guys, we're back. See, I told you we'd be back. And you're with us in the world of the future. So I sent you a text of, uh, uh, it came up, a picture of Alice from last year, first day of fifth grade. Right. And she was in front of her computer That's at home. Right. Because everybody was home for coronavirus. With a brave little smile on her face. But she looks so young, right? <laughs> she looks young. I, yeah. Okay. So she looks young. So usually kids really grow during summer. Right. Like, I don't know what happens during summer, but they get so much sun. Sunshine and movement. And they're running around and they sprout. Yeah. She, so I measured her at the beginning of summer and I measured her now and I swear it's, it's, a, it's maybe even more than an inch. Yeah. She grew. She absolutely grew. So we're going through a closet uh-huh. and I said, it's summer, your shoes are disgusting. They stink <laughs> and they're falling apart. Yeah. Um, we need to get you some new tennis shoes. Right. And I said, what size are your shoes and do they fit you? Mm-hmm. And she's like, they're a 4.5 and they fit really well. And I was like, okay, well, you're growing. So it's been summer. So I think I'm just going to get you a five. I said, your 4.5s fit really well? Yes. So I bought a five. And they got shipped and she tried them on. Oh, these are too small. I said, then how do your 4.5s fit? Well, she wore them in, and so they formed to her feet. Uh, so then I'm like, these don't fit. So I was like, well, how bad don't they fit? 
So 5.5. Nope. Had to send him back. Six, baby. She's a six. What? Yeah. She she went oh up like my God. two sizes. Um, so have to get her new tennis shoes. But here's what's exciting about tennis shoes these days. <laughs> what? I know we talked about tennis shoes in the last episode. That was not exciting. That they, was a those tragedy. Were fake Nike Air Jordans that I did get a refund from my credit card company because they investigated it and those oh. guys were super bad guys. Okay, good. But anyway, you know how uh, there's new styles in fashion all the yes. time? Well, I've got- Well, I don't, but I, I assume that there are. Oh, yes, you do, Patton, because I have made you substantially you, cooler yeah, than but, you used but to But I'm not and aware of what you're doing. You just go put these on now. Right. I, it's but, not like I'm following trends. But part of you being cooler is getting rid of those spat shoes you used to wear or whatever, those hideous shoes, and wearing you, like Adidas or Pumas if or somebody, cool. If there was a, if, if a president ran on, I'm going to make it a law that everyone wears identical gray jumpsuits, I'd be like, boom, I'm, I'm voting for that person. Okay, well, actually, I'd like that too. I went to an all-girls school and we had to wear Uniform. uniforms, oh, and I loved it. It was the best. best thing ever. So anyway. Anyway, so here's a fashion thing that's exciting regarding tennis shoes. So my, I have nieces ranging from 26 to 10. Right. And the new thing is if you're going to go to a fancy party or something, like mm-hmm. kids have bat mitzvahs these days mm-hmm. or like sweet 16s and that kind of stuff, um, they wear a cute dress and they wear them with tennis shoes. That's fantastic. And That's such a good look. I'm glad that look came back. I think it's the greatest look ever. And I too wear that look. Like we went to the Ted Lasso premiere and I wore yeah. Converse. I wore my Jack Purcells with a dress. Yeah. Best night ever because if I'm at a party and my feet hurt, I'm done. Yeah, you're going home. I can't take it. So that's exciting that a, a style is a comfortable style. I hope that sticks around. The only thing that looks cooler is a woman in a dress with boots like uh, uh, Doc Martens. I love that look. Oh, that's- But that's because I was so- kind of formed in the early 90s, and that's just... You really do connect with the 90s. I connect with the 70s, and you connect with the 90s. Well, I just connect with my 20s. I connect with, like, suddenly I'd moved out of the suburbs, and I'm in San Francisco and then in Los Angeles, so there's all these, like, huge relevatory things I was experiencing. I I was this very sheltered suburban, you know, cage-raised veal, and now suddenly (laughs) I'm out in the big cities. You are like a a little soft little veal. Well, no, not anymore because then I left the suburbs and I started Baby, seeing and experiencing honey, things. Huh? You're still a little bit of a soft well, that feel. That's true. What am I saying? You're a delicious little scrumptious morsel. Mm, okay. <laughs> but, so, hey, but hang on. Here's the, now. Here's 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 what worries me though. That's a great. It's great. The sneakers that that's come back. But fashion is so ephemeral. It's so whimsical. Yeah. Will that go away or will it just? Can we just stay on that one? Because well, it's let me so say, good. I really just feel like now that this is a thing. It's in my wheelhouse. I do not like wearing uncomfortable shoes. Right. I am going to keep this thing. I, I mean, if I go visit the president, do I have to wear high heels? Or I can know. I wear tennis shoes? <gasps> Kamala Harris wears her Converse. Well, She's there you so, go. Then yeah. you put your Converse okay, on. Okay, so now it's in, everybody's allowed to do it. Right. All right, I love it. But So we're also shopping for clothes. And, you know, Delta variant, we're not going into stores and we're being very right, diligent right. about. So we have to do a, a lot of online shopping. Right. And we are looking at, uh, nice environmentally friendly stores, but there is one store that all these kids keep talking about. I'm not going to say the name of it because mm-hmm. it's like not good for the environment. Oh, probably uses slave labor. Ew. Has a horrific return policy. <laughs> it's all really shitty clothes. Just that bad, 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 cheap labor 
and cheap material and everybody Every talks way- about it saying it ends up in landfills. Oh. Right? That's what people have been saying. Right. We were discussing this at dinner tonight. Yes. And as we were discussing this at dinner, um, you said something to Alice along the lines of, because she was like, but I really like this one thing. And I'm like, but Alice, and you're like, Greta Thunberg would be so upset right now. And Alice, of course, loves and respects and admires her. Right, right. And then right after you said that, she said, hey, dad, what'd you have for lunch? Like, just as if she was changing the subject. And she said, dad, what'd you have for lunch? And you were like, I had um, these noodles with um, vegetables. And then she said, and you said, and chicken. And she goes, did you have chicken? And you said, yeah, I had chicken. She goes, so you had chicken. And, and then she went, Greta Thunberg would like it. So She's lying in wait so She was long. lying in wait to use it against yeah. you. But jokes on her, Greta Thunberg is not my hero. My hero is Thaddeus Q Meat Killer. Uh, and, that's, and every day I eat a dead animal in his honor. Oh, dear God. <gasps> So what? this leads me to my next topic. Oh, okay. So I sent you a picture. <laughs> I that gasp. I thought like a, a hornet had landed on me. <laughs> no. Jesus. I sent you a picture. I texted you a picture of a mound of dirt in our backyard, and there was a golf ball next to it. Did you see that? Yes, I saw that. Were you wondering at all what this is? Well, I kind of, I mean, I know what has been going on in our backyard, all right, well, so I kind of put it together, but go ahead. Okay. First of all, I have no idea how a golf ball ended up in our backyard. Maybe right. one of our neighbors uh, was playing with it and it went over the fence sure. somehow. But it it made me literally <laughs> crack up and laugh out loud because there are mounds of dirt with holes next. We have a gopher we problem. A, we have a gopher problem. In our backyard. He's eating everything. He's eating everything. All of our plants have been eaten from the bottom and That's destroyed. Right. And not only that, but this darn gopher has eaten through the um, the hose that h- helps water the lawn. Right. And so our lawn kind of flooded. Yeah. So uh, we called an exterminator to help like trap or get the gopher. Right. Um, but before the exterminator came, um, my, well, I was just looking at this lawn situation mm-hmm. and thinking of Caddyshack and how he tried to exactly. put the hose down Carl the hole. Carl Spackler and Carl, all this. Yeah. Yeah. I sent, when you said we have a gopher problem, I sent you a picture of Bill Murray as Carl yeah. Spackler. Well, if we kill all the golfers. Yeah. Um, anyway, I could quote Caddyshack. Who, Who our can't? age can't. Right. So anyway, we our gardener came by mm-hmm. and I didn't know that he even noticed the mounds. Well, perhaps, of course he's a gardener. He'd see what's in the garden. Mm-hmm. And uh, as he was leaving, I said, bye, have a good day. And he's like, hey, I just want you to know... Um, you guys have a lot of gopher holes. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know we're calling someone to help. He said, well, I tried to flood him and maybe kill. And I was like, no, don't (laughs) kill the gopher. And I'm heartbroken because, oh my gosh, gophers are so cute. And of course I don't want them eating through our hoses and I don't want them destroying all of our stuff. Wait a minute, is the exterminator going to capture him and take him away or is he going to like use poison and kill him? No, I think he's going to capture him. How will he do that? I don't know. I the same way, like extre- the same way Bill Murray did. It. I feel like an exterminator is coming to kill him. I don't hence, think he's coming to kill hence him. Hence the term exterminator. <laughs> okay. He's not a. He's not the catch and releaser. He's the exterminator. He's not the catch and releaser. Yes, but he's a nice exterminator guy, and I discussed with him, and he's like, "No, we'll just set. You know, maybe we'll find a trap so that we can just remove him." What what is a what does a gopher trap look like? Dude, I don't know. I just don't well, want him to you, die. Well, I look. I don't want the gopher to die either. But you know, he, he. I feel like the exterminator is not coming 
to whisk him away and to a nice to shelter. A, uh, animal yeah. sanctuary. Exactly. Where you can adopt gophers. No. Are gophers like the land version of otters? I think they are. They look alike. Uh, anyone want to get on the speak pipe <laughs> list this week and we and talk to the two science dummies who don't know anything about nature? I'm going to pay the exterminator extra uh, when he's done the deed to then tell you, oh no, he's on a farm where he can <laughs> run and play. My, my parents did say that to me when I was young. We had two dogs mm-hmm. and um at one point they did say that they went to a farm and i and then later in life i was like you guys lied like he, <laughs> you, you, they totally died didn't they and my dad actually said no we have a friend who has a farm in connecticut and they did take the dogs for all you know he is just doubling down on this lie and going and like called a friend and said look just say you have a farm like he just no, I don't truly think my da- i don't think he'd lie to me so you really think your dogs ended up on a farm i don't know Man, the farm was in Connecticut. Li- we Connecticut. live in Malibu. That's a long, <laughs> that's a long journey that's a for two very old long dogs. journey for two old dogs. Like, who's I don't gonna, know. Yeah. I don't know. I really I, don't know. I'm I don't want to wanna ruin your childhood, but I feel like, and he did it for, look, I'm going to tell you a really sweet story. This didn't happen to me, but this is one of my favorite showbiz stories I've ever heard. Let's hear it. There was a little kid. Uh, there was a guy who's grown up now. He's a producer, but he, when he was a little kid, he was a huge James Bond fan. And he had just seen, I think like Moonraker or something. And he was in an airport with his dad and Roger Moore was sitting over like near the gate to get on the plane. And the he his as a little kid, he was freaking out. He's like, oh my God, that's James Bond. Like, and he asked his dad, like, can you go over and get a, get an autograph? You know, and his dad was like, oh sure. And he went out and he sees his dad go over and he sees him talking to Roger Moore. And then the dad comes back and he's got a piece of paper and it said, best wishes, Roger Moore. And the little kid was really upset because he thought it was, he's like, that's not his name. His name's James Bond. And then, so the um, the dad went back over to Roger Moore. And then you see like, Roger Moore like listens a second and, he, and then he like calls the kid over. And the kid comes over and he goes, look, I can't write my real name because Blofeld will know that I'm here in the airport. I'll get caught. So I'm using this fake name. An alias. And I'm trusting you to like not tell on me. Like made him his little like Aww. spy helper, and the kid was like so Gaming. happy. So then, years later, he's now a producer, and he's doing one of these DVD collections of the James Bond movies. And they brought in Roger Moore to do some uh, interviews. And uh, after the interview, the guy um, uh, told Roger Moore as Roger Moore's leaving, he's like, "When I was," little, and he told him the whole story. And I was a little kid, and you were so nice to me. And then uh, Roger was like, oh, that's, oh, I'm, I'm really flattered that you remember that. And then he's walking Roger out to his car. And then um, he said, uh, and of course, you'll, you'll still tell everyone that I'm using the name Roger Moore because I don't want, like, he, he decided to keep the little thing going with the guy. Like, and it was so sweet. Like, he, he said, you know, I'm actually James. Like, just, just like between them, that was our own little special oh, thing. Oh, I love that. Isn't that sweet? It's the sweetest story. I love it. I just have to say something. Okay. I feel like the last few episodes got better after like the first section. Uh-huh. I think we get more into a groove and I think the people that stay for the third or fourth section uh-huh. find the podcast more interesting. And I think the people that drop out after the first section are our enemies <laughs> and they be. are lesser people and they are weak. <laughs> and we are we we could not be judging you harder right now. <laughs> 
for not get making it through to the, the second or third. I'm just segment. saying sometimes, you know, you get on a roll and it gets better. Uh, hey, man, that's what happens. We got so, You got to let us limber up. Even Sinatra has to clear his throat. So no pressure, Patton, but is this going to be a good Well, topic? we'll see. What? Tell me what you have well, to say. Well, I didn't, I didn't text this to you because I actually wanted to see you react to this in real oh, time. You did this to me before. You showed me a video of a girl throwing bottles in a store and she was <laughs> completely naked. Well, I thought I texted that one to you. This is different. Oh. This is a list that I found online. Okay. It's called Unethical Life Hacks. Ooh. And it really got me thinking because they do, I mean, it's meant to be funny, but it actually brings up some moral questions and it kind of tests what your moral boundaries are, if you will. I'm very moral, so this Well, could... but this this might be interesting. These are unethical. Can you be very moral or you just have high high morals? Or you could like to, you, you can, can you like to you're think very moral? that you're very moral. Is that a... Uh... No, moral can be something. It's like you either well, are or you aren't. Anyway, go ahead. Here's here I'm going to start you through the list. Morality. This is a yeah. Okay. Here's here's a here's a here's an unethical Craigslist tip. Craigslist? Craig Craigslist. Uh-huh. When buying something on Craigslist, send a bunch of insultingly low offers from burner emails, then send a reasonable offer from your real address. They'll usually accept it. Hate that. Mean, rude, okay. don't do that. Bad. Okay. Okay. Got it. I'm I'm opposed. I think it's you know, be fair. Jesus Christ. If you have a flat tire, yep. take a picture of it. Okay. Next time you want to bail on an event or just skip work, send the picture to the person you're bailing on and enjoy your free time. <laughs> That's funny, but also no. Oh, really? It's hilarious. And, but no, but you wouldn't no. do that. No, don't lie. You would lie. never do that? I don't lie. Mm, okay. Oh, boy, this this actually goes along with your, uh, we were talking about this, your obsession with all your true crime shows and, oh, I would do this murder better. Oh, yeah. This is very unethical. Let's hear it. If you... <laughs> If you have to bury a body, yeah. dig twice as deep and then bury a large dog halfway above it. Oh, that's clever. <laughs> well, ethical or, well, you know be, that, by listen, the way, don't kill someone. No, so, but if you are going to kill someone and you want to get away with it, <laughs> but don't go kill a dog just to, you know, make sure there's already a dead animal laying in the road. Don't. Like kill your ex husband or whatever, whatever you want to do. If he was if he was abusive to you and you know did bad things, but uh, that's a great idea to to um, hmm. All right. great idea. But don't go killing animals because that's bad. Okay, killing ex husbands <laughs> is fine. That's but, fine. But don't kill no it. animals. Ex husbands fine. Okay, good. Yeah. So that's so we're getting we're your your compass is coming into focus. Okay. I like it. Okay, don't call into work sick. Call in saying that you have. Family problems. That's the end of the discussion. Well, everybody does have family problems. And also- But, but, these, but assuming both of these are lies. Um, I, uh, well, it depends why you want to call in. Like, if, if why aren't you going to work? Why are you, why are you trying yeah, exactly. to get out of work? Exactly. Well, what if your boss is horrible? All right. <laughs> you call in and just be like, hey, you're horrible. I need Dude, a mental- you're horrible. You know what? Actually, actually- um, everybody's very aware now of mental health. Yeah. And I think it wouldn't hurt if you really don't want to go to work that you could call in and say, listen, I really need to take a mental health day. Yeah. And, and I think, um, it's, and it is cause you don't want to go. That's your inner feelings of mental thoughts. There wasn't, yeah, there was an old Louis Anderson bit that he did that was, it was kind of poignant, but it's very, very true. Where he's like, you ever just wake up and you're five years old <laughs> and you want to just call into work and go, I can't come in. Why? 
five years old right now. And there's been <laughs> well, mornings yeah. when I'm like, I'm five years old. I can't do anything. The problem is actors can't call in sick no, you because cannot. nobody can replace you. That's true. Well, actually. Mm. Nobody can replace you that day on a million bazillion dollar shoot and they've been filming you the whole time and that's suddenly true. you don't want to show up. Yeah, that's true. I've worked with mono. Oh, wow. You got to show up. All right. Okay. Give me another one. Make, okay, again, very. this is a very sleazy I one. I love this game, by the way. Make sure a street hooker is not a cop by asking if you can take some nude photos of them. Paying for nude photos isn't illegal. An undercover cop will say no, but a prostitute will probably do it for the cash. Do you really think an undercover cop would say no? No, they're undercover cops. They get into character. They're not going to, this, like. So they'll let you take nude pictures of them. You're. No, you'd give them the money first and there you're done. No, oh, but wait. no, no, no. Taking nude pictures, paying for that, that part's not illegal. They can't arrest you for that. But That's how would what they're you know? saying. Oh, then what? So then. I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me. All right. Here's one. Looking to buy a car? Search the obituaries for phone numbers and call <laughs> inquiring about a vehicle. That's They'll so want mean. to liquidate assets and will give you a great price. That's so evil. Hey, heard your uncle died. Did he have a nice car? <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry. Um, That's what they do in New York, though. They're like, hey, did you have that guy in apartment 3B? Like, I know you just died, but that apartment's amazing. Can I have that? This one is very tempting to me, but I would ultimately not do it because of my, how I feel about movies and movie theaters. Okay, let's Ready? Yep. Spill some of your drink on the seat in front of you at the cinema to prevent anyone from sitting there. Evil, evil, rude, <laughs> so terrible. Vandalism is never a good idea. And by the way, now every, everywhere has stadium seating, so that's a moot. And you know what else Those you could are, do? You could just move over one. Exactly. Um, oh boy, this is this is flat out evil and I'm, I'm so against this. Let's Ready? Lots of noisy children playing in your street. Post posters around your neighborhood warning parents that there is a known predator living oh, in your terrible, area. terrible, The terrible. parents will lock their children inside and you can enjoy some peace and quiet. Or you could walk outside and go, hey guys, can you keep it down a little? And if they're like, fuck you, we're <laughs> these are all, your house. This reminds me back in the day, Maxim Magazine would do these articles on like how to get one over on the employees at McDonald's. You're like, how, why do those guys need to, like, they're not making any money. What do you, why, don't abuse them. They would have these douchebag bro articles. Maxim. At it, Maxim Magazine. Named Ugh. me one of the hottest chicks of the 80s. Well, you were named uh, by an evil magazine. Oh. <laughs> In a, oh, okay. In a major city where daily parking costs are super high, find an auto shop with an inexpensive tire rotation offer. Take up said offer, but say you have some errands to run and can you come back and pick it up later that day? Well, if you need your tires rotated, sure. But you're also basically getting cheap. I mean, it, it depends. If it I mean, costs if you're them gonna, business, no, but I you're feel gonna, weird about that. I wouldn't feel weird about that if you need the service because sometimes they do just let, it, that's, that's okay. This one, I don't even know if this is true. Um, I, I don't know if this is a true fact, but here's their, here's their unethical life hack. Buy a baby on board sign, regardless of your parenthood status. If you happen to be in a nasty crash, paramedics and firemen will save you first. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's know true. if that's true, yeah. and also it's not illegal to do that, and it could be ironic. You know, like some stoner dude could be like, "Yeah, baby on board." Like it's funny. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's. Yeah, such- so hang on. So the paramedics are going to go hang. on. Do we think this sign's ironic? Do we think this is like an ironic uh, hipster? What do we think, guys? 
Do we get the jaws of life out? I think if your intention is to buy a baby on board sign so the paramedics help you first, that's right. you're putting bad karma into the world and oh. you will get into an accident and they won't help you first. Damn. Because you're going to, that sign's going to go up in flames and so will you. I love it. Okay. Yeah. I agree. Here's one. Buy an item. Again, I so don't agree with this. Why are you? Ugh. Let's hear it. Buy an item at, a, at an electronic store. Okay. Open it. Return said item. Check back in a day to see if it's on the open box table. Buy it again, this time for 30% off. Does that happen? I don't know. I don't even think that Because, by the way, I don't even know if- Nobody goes these, to stores. And also, but, but even, I never like haggle at store. What, what, what am I trying to get over on someone? I'm just, here, let me just get it. And I'm, I'll, I'll leave. You, you yeah, well, you know, look for coupons. In, first of all, how do you say that word? Is it coupon or coupon? Is it coupon or coupon? I, don't I say know. coupon. I say coupon. I don't say I have coupon. a coupon for that. I have a coupon. Coup- I have a coupon for that. I have a coupon for that. My mom says everything wrong, mm-hmm. and I think she says coupon, but she says things like rough instead of roof. Oh. And then she'll say like, "I'm on this." Oh, he's on the student console. I'm like, it's council, not console. And I get very upset about it. Don't be it. mean to your mom. I'm All not, right. I'm not mean to my mom, but I need people to pronounce things correctly. Here's one. And if, I, and if I pronounce something incorrectly, I have a really good story. I don't know if we have time to tell the story right now. I don't feel like telling the story right now. I'll tell it to you another time. But I mean- Well, you bi- literally, we got to watch your Sorry. whole decision-making process happen. We, Sorry, I have we, a- You ramped up, you reconsidered. You, <laughs> nope, not going to tell it now. And then, boom, you dismounted. That was beautiful. Well, at some point, we'll beautiful. get to the story of the word Arl, which is a okay. French place- yeah. It has to do with Van Gogh and all that kind of Van, stuff. Van Gogh painted Anyway, there. long, long story. Tell you later. Bring it up to me at another time. But I Done. mispronounced it, and uh, it was very embarrassing. Okay. Okay. Here's one. Next. I know you're all at home dying to know what the story is, <laughs> but I promise you we'll come back to it, and I promise you it's the best. Next time someone gives you or you find one of those fake dollar bills with a Bible verse on them, put it in the collection plate at a church. I mean, you're going to walk into, do you go to church normally? Are you walking in just to be a dick? Or do you go to church, you give to the collection plate, and also I'm going to put, you're an asshole. Don't do that. Exactly, don't do that. Uh, This one is pure psychopath. Okay, let's hear it. Try to tell a few lies, but do it really poorly. Confess to being a terrible liar. Do this periodically for things that don't matter. <laughs> and then, then your actual lies will go undetected. So you must have some lie in mind that you want to tell, but you're, right. you're plotting or, in advance to to cushion that. That's stupid. Or and it's a you, lot of premeditation. Or, or you know I will eventually do something horrible that I'm going to need to lie about, so I'm going to do this. Yeah, it is so psychopathic it's also completely stupid and nobody has ever done that in the history of time <laughs> unless that's your personality to lie yeah you can also save yourself a lot of time by not being a dick yeah that's the best life hack just don't be a dick yeah um when we're rec- oh i want to say this yes one's to one gonna of these well this one will tempt you you uh, ready i want to be tempted when rec- so far the only thing i've said yes to is if you're going to kill your husband Put a dead animal on top of That's the, so the one caught. you're okay with. Okay, great. So you're okay with the murder the husband deal, but the take a picture of your flat tire so you can get out of uh, going to an event. You're like, Matt, just no. It's, it's a too lot far. of premeditation for something mm-hmm. that may or may not occur, and it's stupid. All right. Okay. When receiving a call from someone that you don't want to talk to but must talk to, 
Tell them at the beginning of the conversation that your phone is about to die. You are then free to hang up whenever you want without seeming rude. Yes. Like that one. Yes. Okay. You're like, or just say, hey, I have five. Oh, I'm so glad you caught me. I actually only have five minutes. That's what I do usually. All I right. say, hey, uh, I only have five minutes to talk. What's up? And then you talk and you say, okay, got it, got to go. You just don't want that conversation lasting too long. And this final one is just gross. Oh, if it's gross. Well, I don't know about gross. It's just, it, this is also sad and kind of psychopathic. Oh, no. We're and, not- and, and like, what kind of relationship are you in that you're doing this? All right, let's hear it. Say you've never orgasmed from oral sex to make your partner try harder. That's so stupid. <laughs> and also gross. I knew you wouldn't like that. I well, I'm glad we ended on that one. <laughs> a big resounding no. So we got a, um, obviously I wouldn't kill anyone, but that is good advice. A yes, I'll use the phone thing. Yeah. And then the most resounding no is the oral sex thing. Yeah. Wow. So now you've learned a little more about me. We've we've all learned a little more about you. I think- uh, That if, if, if she's a suspect in a murder case and you're digging and you find a dog, you keep going- Keep going. But it would never be a dog because who's going to save a dead dog? I'm not going to go out and kill an animal. Right. Kill the (laughs) ex-husband. Here's the thing. I'm allowed to kill an ex-husband because I don't have an ex-husband. That is true. And I never will. Oh. Because I love you. Thanks, baby. Well, on that note, we'll be right back. We're going to answer some of your speak pipe messages now. And here is one from Kim and Bonnie. Have a listen. Hi, Meredith and Patton. This is Kim and Bonnie calling from Los Angeles. Our question is, how would your marriage be different if you were a lesbian couple? First off, I basically look like a lesbian. So we're already halfway there. So it's not. I don't know why people have said this. People have said that you look like a lesbian. I I, do. how, How do you? I just, I just have these these kind look, of nice feminine features, but in a very manly way. Look, I, I don't mind it. I like it. Well, how would our relationship be different if we were a lesbian couple? It wouldn't, because yeah, what's I, the difference? I know, what is the difference? I mean- We would, what would happen- You know what it would be? The one thing, and I do love this stereotype, and it is a stereotype, it's not true for everyone, <laughs> but dear God, if we were lesbians, one of us would be handy. Yeah, that's true. I, I would like to be lesbians well, in being able to accomplish something. I, I think that there's no such thing, there's no real difference between like a gay, gay marriage, a lesbian marriage, a straight marriage. One person- ends up doing this chunk of stuff and the other person handles the other chunk of stuff and they just kind of fall into it. Like, we, we've talked about this. I like washing dishes. It's actually kind of, so I do And that. I like when you wash dishes. I just, it would be nice if we had a little more stereotypical lesbianism in us. Yes. Because then you could maybe fix or hang a picture. Yeah, exactly. Or something like that. Fix a, if like a speaker goes out or something, I didn't know how to fix it. Um, could fix the car. Yeah. Yeah. But if we were in a les- lesbian relationship, I think I'd want you to be, I don't know. If we're in a lesbian relationship, if we're in a lesbian marriage, I don't know what would be different. I think you'd be um, a hot chick from Brazil if we were in a lesbian <laughs> marriage. <laughs> wait a minute. So you're, wait, 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 wait. I'm just so saying. So you would trade up. So what's stopping you from marrying a hot guy from Brazil? <laughs> I haven't met a hot guy from Brazil as good as you. No, I'm just saying if I were in a lesbian relationship, I think I'd want it to be a hot Brazilian chick. 
I'd want a guy that looks, I'd end up with a guy that looks like me. That's not a lesbian just, relationship, baby. Well, a, a gay marriage. No, it, she said lesbian. Oh, lesbian? Yeah. Would, would you still pick me? Of course you would. Yo, you're ki- are right. you kidding? You, you've made, you made more women realize they were lesbians with the journey of Natty Gann. You're the, you were the lesbian gateway in the mid 80s. I have to say, I do love that. I You've have, met a lot of lesbians that go, oh, A lot by the way. of lesbians come up to me and they say, hey, I just want to tell you, I, you were my first crush. I saw Natty Gann and I fell in love with you. And the other great thing, um, I mean, that's so flattering. I can't mm-hmm. even begin to tell you how much I love that compliment. It's mm-hmm. literally my favorite compliment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway. I get the same thing from Ratatouille. Okay, so we have another message. This is from Maggie. Have a listen. Hi, this is Maggie from California. And my question is, um, if tomatoes had noses and mouths, uh, would they be able to tell you how bad your breath smelled when you ate them? Well, Maggie, first of all, thank you for calling in (laughs) because there's nothing better than kids calling and asking questions like this. I don't want kids listening to this show. I don't Um, know if they should listen to the show, but if they have questions, call call, give us a ring. That's good. Um, Okay, look, that was a very whimsical question, and I saw that you were going for something funny there. It was it was adorable, but the initial imagery of a tomato with a nose and mouth implies, and and them being able to tell you implies they have a brain, they have consciousness, and and a a talking vegetable that you are going to eat and slice up is so beyond horrifying for me that uh, tomatoes, if tomatoes had noses and mouths and could talk to us, they would be a thing that people would run away from and tell folk tales about to their kids. And so it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't make our breath bad because none of us would eat them because we'd be terrified. Um, That makes me think of this thing that just got posted online. It was like a blob of a brain. Oh, God. And it was a scientific experiment. I don't want to talk about it. It's so gross. Well, it was a little um, uh, scientific research on... uh, Anyway, it was a little blob of brain stem cell, and it grew two eyes. Anyway, it looked like a tomato with a with eyes. Kind of. Does that me. mean that it? it it's is, possible, Maggie. Does, it is possible, Maggie. You bring up a great point on a day where everyone on the internet is talking about this little blob with two eyes. I don't know if I could tell you if you had bad breath or not. And you know, my dad's a dentist. We are very cautious over here with flossing and brushing our teeth, and uh, you know. You're implying a world where um, uh, science has gone mad. Yeah. Um, Thanks for your call, Maggie. Okay, it's time to tell you our picks. Lots of recommendations. Now it's time for Did You Get Our Picks? Tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Tell me what you like, what you really, really like. (laughs) We'll tell you what we like, what we really, really like. Hey, Patton. What? Tell me what you like, what you really, really like. Fine, if it'll get you to stop singing. Um, <laughs> speaking of music, this is this recommendation is not for everyone, but boy, did this hit me at the right time. Um, I'm friends with a, a brilliant comedian and, and top-notch person named Blaine Kapach, and he constantly recommends new music to me. He recommended a German ambient punk Noise core band. Sounds like something I would not like. Well, it's called Boren and Der Club of Gore. <laughs> and their album is called Midnight Radio. And it is the moodiest, darkest, but, but like great. I'm, I'm writing something right now that is kind of moody and dark. And oh my God, this is in my rack of 
great albums to write to. Hit play and forget. There you go. If you're going to use the song for a certain, if the vibe of the song. Not the song, the whole album. The mood it puts me in. That's what I think about uh, some songs. Like, it's not necessarily a song. Every song has its own energy to listen to. Like, there's driving music. There's at the beach listening to music. I have playlists on my, you know, for different things. And one of the playlists I have on my phone is called Work Songs. Mm. And that is uh, on my playlist for my work is songs that make me cry. And I have a whole list of what? songs. Yeah, because I often play dramatic roles and there, oh, there are scenes you. where like, okay, next up, you're going to have that crying scene about your dead mother. And you go and, and before you shoot, you listen to that song to get in the mood. So I have a whole list of work songs. So that song thing, yeah, maybe it would put me in the mood to write a script about that kind of thing. But I wouldn't want to listen to it. Um, I have, uh, yeah, this this album, Midnight Radio, has now joined Juliana Hatfield's Hey Babe, R.E.M.'s Fables the Reconstruction, and Bleached, Don't You Think You've Had Enough, as Hit Play. Oh, and Roxy Music's Avalon. It's just, <gasps> you hit play, and the whole album, you can just write to it. It's right, right now, after you just said those recommendations, I really feel like you could be like a DJ. You were like, <laughs> hey, we've got Juliana Hatfield's. Um, welcome to the Quiet Storm uh, from the... Fall of 1992, this is a little disc that came out of Seattle. Uh, by way of Boston, Juliana Hatfield for me with the Blake Babies. This is the first cut off of her album, Hey Babe. It's called Everybody Loves Me But You. Yeah, you could get that Terrible. job. All right, um, books, books. Oh boy, I got an advanced copy. This is a bit, bit <laughs> what? Keep going, baby. You got an advanced copy of blip, 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 I got blip. an advanced copy, uh, and I'm not bragging. I'm kind of bragging. Uh, I'm friends with Tamara Shopson, uh, the daughter of the legendary Kenny Shopson of Shopson's in New York City, one of the best uh, still in operation uh, eateries in the Essex market. But she is also an author, a designer, an illustrator. She designed those five-year diaries that I use. Oh. Those are the ones that I write in. She, yeah. she does art stuff. She also writes novels. Uh, she wrote a great um, uh, novel called um, Arbitrary Stupid Goal, and her new one is called Laser Writer 2. It takes place in the early 90s at the dawn of everyone owning personal computers and bringing them into computer shops to have them fixed, which at the time was not really a, it was kind of a Wild West operation because it was whoever knew how to fix them, they could just open a shop. And, and I remember that. I remember very clearly in the mid-90s, I would bring my computer. Sometimes I would go to, they didn't really have an Apple store back then. You had to go to whoever had a store that just knew how to, and you hoped that they could fix your computer. And it's set in one of these little stores. And basically the whole plot revolves around trying to fix a printer. But in that plot, you meet all these characters and their lives. And I've already, I read like half of it. The day it came, I read the first half. It's so friggin' good, and it's a great portrait of New York City in the early 90s. Laser Writer 2, it is fantastic. I remember going to college and uh, having to take my computer back and forth, and it was the first, like, Fat Mac, the little Fat Mac, the little, like, rectangular cube. And I would bring that back and forth, and then I remember I had a paper I had to write over Christmas vacation, and I, like, had to... This is why I need a robot who's going to carry my luggage. Yeah. Because I had to lug my suitcase and that computer thing mm-hmm. so that I could work on my paper over Christmas vacation. Oh, did, did you ever, I, there were times if I was doing a club, but I was also writing a script, I had to bring a printer with me. 
Oh, I never had to bring a printer. Oh, I've I, had to lug printers around with me. Oh, it's the worst. No, but that's why I have a laptop computer and not a desktop computer because I always think like, uh-oh, if it breaks and I need to take it somewhere, I can't lug a desktop computer. Mm-hmm. It's too cumbersome. Well, but this was before. Now you can call the Geek Squad. They come to your house. But but during the, the oh, early whoa. years of computer repair, it was a any man's game. Like you just kind of set your own terms and she captures it. Perfectly. Tamara, thank you for sending me that, uh, your new novel. I like Yay. that recommendation. I'll read that. Um, and also, uh, Shopson, uh, back in the day, uh, David Cross, his goal was to eat his way through the entire menu. It has the longest menu you've ever seen. Has he eaten his way? No, he, no one can. It's impossible. If you ever saw Shopson's original menu, you're like, what? It, and everything Kenny Shopson made was the most delicious. Is it a deli? It's like a little food stand kind of thing within the Essex market. So it's sort of a deli, but they don't really, I can't describe it. It's amazing. All right. Let's Legendary. Hear another, let's hear another one. Um, movie recommendation. And this is kind of a plug. Um, on Saturday, the 29th of August at the Los Feliz 3 at 1 p.m., I am screening uh, 1944 film Phantom Lady, one of the best film noirs ever made. It's part of the American Cinematheque. They've opened a new little theater in the Los Feliz 3. Um it, it stars uh, an actress named Ella Rains. Why she was not a massive star is beyond me. One of the most beautiful women that was ever in films. What does she um, look like? Uh, she is has, she a raven-haired beauty with blue eyes? She's a raven-haired beauty. I don't know what color her eyes were, but her eyes have this weird translucence in black and white film. When you see them, you're like, they just, it's like they have... Lights behind them. I can't describe it. It's incredible. Maybe it's her inner soul energy that's just shining. Well, she's amazing, and, and the movie also has Elijah Cook Jr. in it, and um, Franchelle Tone, and uh, and you can see a lot of early um, uh, camera techniques, including one where she is following a bartender down a street, and it's a very difficult moving shot. And if you look closely, you can see that she and him are attached at the waist by a long wire because they needed them to stay- You can see the wire? A certain distance apart. So they had to keep the wire taut as they're walking. Oh. And you can kind of catch that. But, and, and that's a fun goof to see. It's, it's an amazing movie, including a scene between her and Elijah Cook Jr. who plays a hopped up jazz drummer that you will not believe this scene got by the censors back then. It is so obvious what the scene is about. And I guess people just didn't know uh, what, what, what is it about? It's it's about basically him. It's it's symbolically is he he's jerking off. <gasps> the what with his drums as he's drumming? Oh, it's insane. Symbolically, yeah. But but like so, every time I've seen it, I've seen it in the theater three times, and every time I've seen that scene, the audience loses their mind because they're like, "How did the censors not go? We can't put this scene in the movie. Mm. They just didn't get it." It sounds interesting though. It's like when you watch movies like 310 to Yuma and The Tall T and it's and and there isn't even gay subtext. It's just gay, but people didn't understand coding back then, so the censors missed the fact that it's basically you're watching a gay romance in these old 40s I've and never 50s seen films. Those. Oh, you would love 310 to Yuma. Oh, so good. Wait, isn't that a new movie? And it was remade very well, but the original with Van Heflin and um um Oh my God, Glenn Ford! <gasps> Glenn oh. Ford played my grandpa in one of the uh, in a movie I did. Well, uh, in Three Ten to Yuma, he plays a seductive. Uh, he plays a cowboy trying to gay seduce Van Heflin, and uh, wow, he's, yeah. he's and Richard Jekyll is he was his best little friends with John Wayne. 
Who was? Glenn Ford. Oh, that's great. They were buds. Glenn Ford was an amazing actor, and, and in the movie, his little sidekick played by Richard Jekyll is all in black leather and basically looks like a little fuckboy. He looks like a little fuckboy Western twink, and it's oh, amazing. To, and again, anyone watching the movie now is like, well, duh, but back then, they're like, oh, he just he's a rugged man. He's in leather. Well, I used to watch videos of Duran Duran and had no idea. Duran Duran wasn't gay. No, not Duran Duran. I mean, um, <laughs> sorry, not Duran Duran. Who? Wham. Wham. Thank you. Oh. I had no idea, but really? I, didn't, I didn't know any. I didn't. It wasn't on my radar. Hmm. It wasn't on my way. Radar. You're actually going to tell me the village people were gay. I mean, come on. I didn't know that the either. The guy's a construction worker. Dude, I didn't know He's that either. He's a construction worker. Who, that, that's not gay. Um, Look Patton, at that cowboy. Is the Phantom Lady that you're screening, is it a scary movie? It is a noir. It has some suspenseful. It's a thriller. It's a thriller, um, but uh, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous film. Uh, and then finally, I don't have a comic book recommendation this week, but I do have a podcast recommendation. Woo-hoo. There's an opportunity to, to right now, um, two podcasts you can listen to back to back because it's fascinating. Uh, first, uh, listen to uh, the new TMC podcast, The Plot Thickens. The first season is all about the life of Peter Bogdanovich, um, oh. which is fascinating, but- over on You Must Remember This, Karina Longworth um, just completed her thing on uh, The Invisible Woman, The Life of Polly Platt, who was Bogdanovich's wife and kind of never got credit for all of the work and vision she put into his movies. And it's very clear that once he dumped her for Sybil Shepherd, his movies were never quite as good as when he was with her. Hmm. Uh, and she's one of the, and she like, Ended up producing some really amazing movies down the down the road, um, but never got. The, she was one of those like hidden um, influences in uh, in Hollywood. Um, so you listen to each episode back to back, and it's incredible. Those are good recommendations. Yes, I'm still freaking out about White Lotus. <laughs> you still you're still dwelling on that. I'm still dwelling on White Lotus. Did you see somebody? I sent you a I, tweet. And I'll tell you, I'm I am recommending to myself. To find out more about, about what about Murray Bartlett? Oh, that uh, the Australian actor. He's Australian, and he's so good in that movie. And I'm just like, I'm recommending to myself to find everything he's ever done and find it and watch it because he is so incredible in White Lotus, and I uh, I'm obsessed with yeah. him. I think there was a, a tweet that I sent you earlier that so sums up. Uh, the White Lotus by Stephen Bloom. Did you get that one? I, yes, I read that. The point of The White Lotus is that a woman would rather marry a murderer than be a freelance journalist. <laughs> and I, um, after the last episode, because I was so bummed when, um, what's, what's- No spoiler alert. Okay. No spoiler, let's not talk about it. We talk we'll about it. We'll talk about it later. Um, but anyway. I, I, I DM'd a member of the cast and go, I can't believe, and then they were laughing, so. Um, anyway. This has been a really fun episode. That was great, and we will see you guys soon. And, um, uh, keep those speak pipe messages coming in. They're fascinating. We love them. We love them. And we love you guys. And we appreciate you listening. And, um, and yeah, you guys are cool. You guys are cool because you like us. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show.